Hello everyone, welcome back to Let's Take a Moment. In May 2021, I lost my seat on the council, Durham County Council. I was a Labour Party councillor and I had served my community for four years, a single council term. It was a seat that I think most people would expect that I would just retain pretty easily every time. Uh, but sadly, we had the, the COVID pandemic. We had the uh, Conservative win in 2019. We had coming out the pandemic. Boris was in the ascendancy. The national tide turned. Uh, we had a local MP who was quite active. Uh, we, we had, I guess, a viable alternative, if you like, for what we were standing for. Labour had been in power at the council for many, many years. Sounds like I'm making a lot of excuses. These are legitimate reasons. Things have probably turned back now. Um, but councils are always quite... Elections was quite tight, so I lost my seat. There you go. But um, I want to tell you my story in, in this, and it's not going to be a, a sort of sub story about how I lost stuff. It's going to be a very, I hope, pragmatic and objective look at some of the themes and, and an honest look as well, uh, because politics and honesty, you probably think, well, they don't cohabit very often, uh, but I hope in this case you'll know enough about my recordings to know that I try and give it as straight as I can and objectively as I can. And I, and I do it from being genuinely uncertain, but probably fairly sure that I'm not going to stand again um, for a variety of reasons. I might get into that. We'll see how the time goes. Um, so the first part's just going to be the story, which I hope you find sort of interesting. Everyone's got a unique sort of timeline, haven't they? Um, and mine starts in university. Uh, I was in Lincoln University in... 1990 2002 so a very long time ago now graduated over 21 years ago um i had the chance to get involved in student politics but decided not to wasn't 100 percent sure which party i supported that wasn't because i was necessarily something else to what i am now i just hadn't put much thought into it um and i preferred to focus on similar things to what i focus on now i was just enjoying my university life um, hanging out with friends and, you know, concentrating on just enjoying the experience. So I didn't want to get bogged down in activism or stressful things at all. So I stayed out the way of that. Um, <clears throat> came out of university, did a few different jobs. And I remember while I was working as a property manager um, and I was dealing with rentals all day and tenancy agreements and inspections and check-ins, check-outs and all this maintenance and everything. And I remember thinking to myself, there's got to be more to life than dealing with landlords and their property portfolios. And I remember thinking, you know, what, what am I interested in? I remember being fascinated from a very early age at council. I thought I always fancy being involved in it. Always liked the way that society was governed, like who's sorting out how tidy our community is and the issues around schools and policy. And it, it all like how we get governed, how, how people uh, govern us and have authority and how they work out who's in charge. It was always fascinating to me. And the kind of stuff that turned people off about politics, the kind of the, the fact that it's all talk and it's deals and it's, you know, manoeuvring. And like, I just thought, well, if that's the context, I'll try and deal with it. You know, I, I wasn't immediately turned off by it. Whereas some people have the visceral hate, you know, you mentioned it and people sort of contort their face and get all excited in a negative way. Um, I didn't have that. So I thought, well, maybe I can do something in this space. I'm, I've always been interested in politics. One of my earliest memories of watching TV was watching Margaret Thatcher resign as Prime Minister and the ensuing selection as who's going to succeed her and being quite fascinated how it was initially uh, Michael Heseltine and Douglas Hurd 
and then John Major suddenly appeared and it all changed and he suddenly became the winner and I, I sort of didn't get how that happened until a lot of years later when I understood politics a bit more and understood how that had come about and so it would always interested me um so around about 2008 I joined the Labour Party and it was I'd just broken up from a a relationship um I'd been engaged I'd lived in Trimden with with a woman who was quite nice but we our relationship came to the end um and I moved back to my parents and I was looking for things to get involved with and I, and I started I went along to the first meeting at the end of 2008 um and I quickly found that the local councillor called Ozzy uh, he um was pretty much doing everything and all the agenda items were sort of around him saying what what was going on and I thought, well, I I want to be doing what he's doing. I want to be involved in all this cool stuff. You know, I'm, I was young, I was hungry, and I wanted to get involved. But I knew there was no way in. You know, they just abolished the local district council. There wasn't any elections till 2013, which in 2008 felt like it could have been, you know, may as well have been 2020, you know, if all the way back then. It just felt like a million miles away. So I realised there was no avenue. So I stopped going to the meetings. I'm not quite sure what sort of enticed me to go back um, I think it might have been uh, messages from from Brennan, who was the CLP secretary at the time, and I'm still friends with Brennan. Um, all that time later, and I think she she'd sort of said, you know, get yourself along and get involved. There's different things you can do, and you have to kind of build your profile if you like. You have to get involved, and eventually, you know, selections, etc. People all there's things like the parish council, which I initially thought was to do with churches, but of course, that's not nothing to do with churches. It's a political council of the parish rather than parish church um the parochial area whatever that is anyway um i didn't realize that at the time so anyhow i got involved and started to go to meetings at the end of 2009 uh, this coincided with the selection uh for the new candidate for the mp now i wasn't able to stand for that because i was uh well i, I wasn't a man for a start but i i, I was i sorry i wasn't a woman it was an all women shortlist um but i wouldn't have been in a position to stand anyway um uh, so anyway I got to know the candidate who was standing. Cut long story short, got through the election. She was elected after the current MP stood down. Had been MP for 23 years. Or was it 27? I think it was 27. Yes, it was. 83 to 2010, Hilary Armstrong. Pat Glass got elected and I got a job as her caseworker. So instantly thrust into the front of everything. Um, and I got elected to the parish council and I thought, right, I'm going to be a county councillor in 2013. So I had three years of preparation. Everything seemed to be building towards me having this this great political career, I hoped. And I was going to get the experience and, and I was involved in, in everything. You know, I was really involved. Anyway, it got to 2013 election and I stood in Concert South and I lost. And I was devastated. That ripped apart my timeline. You know, it was a political setback. You know, I thought, I'm going to get in, I'm going to do this, I'm going to be in the cabinet by the time I'm 35, I'm going to be an MP by the time I'm 40, you know, the sky's the limit, and then reality bit, and that was hard. So I then got involved in football, I had four years where I sort of marked time, I thought I'll have one more go in 2017. Pat retired in 2017, I got elected successfully um, at the count I thought I'd lost, and then I won and I was over the moon. And I, I thrust myself into everything council. It was fantastic. What an amazing experience it was. Um, and then I, then everything sort of went a bit weird. You know, we had COVID-19. The Tories smashed us in 2019. It looked like, 
you know, we got a local Conservative MP for the first time. I'd long since left the MP's office by then uh, because Laura was in, uh, the MP, Laura Pidcock, and she was very close to Jeremy Corbyn, of which I wasn't of that sort of area of the party. Um, cut long story short, I did four years on the council. And at the end of that, I realised I was going to lose my seat. And I realised the national swing had occurred. It just looked, it felt, it looked like. So I could have walked away, but I thought as a matter of honour, I was, you know, I've stood and lost before. I can take it. I'll stand and lose again. And that's what happened. My vote actually went up, but the Conservative vote more than doubled. Um, and they won very comfortably in the end. So we both lost our seats, myself and Jane, who was the other councillor. Um, but by then I'd found a job working for a public affairs agency that I still work at now. Um, so I'd managed to find a job, which is great. Uh, decent pay and you know my life went off in a different direction so alongside doing that job um, I've been doing podcasts for quite a while um, and for some reason I've never sort of sat down and gone through it I'm not really sure why um, but in part two I'm going to talk about that and I'm going to reflect on you know what I enjoyed about it what I didn't and my plans for the future and what I would sort of say to you about politics. Um, so stay tuned for that if you're interested. And I'll be right back after this short break. So I suppose I should start with what are the things that I enjoyed most about being a councillor. Um, bizarrely, it wasn't the, the status of being a councillor. It was actually the stuff that I got to do at County Hall, actually. It was the... I used to, My favourite thing of all was to just go into... The canteen, I say lol because of me and food, uh, but actually it wasn't that. It was the fact it was just an old style canteen, um, and it was full before COVID. I'm talking about obviously, because uh, unfortunately I lost probably the last year and a half of being at home because um, COVID hit and basically the county hall shut down. Uh, but before then, it was quite a vibrant sort of old style canteen. You know, people. It was I always used to enjoy just going in with my council iPad and. Um, working on reading papers, preparing for meetings, etc., and just enjoying a bite to eat and just enjoying that relaxation. You know, I, I, the best thing was I didn't have another job. Um, I just didn't have a boss, so I didn't have to rush back to a desk. And I just, I really reveled in that freedom. I lived that uh, enjoyment. And I'm not sure people who, who get to experience that, in a, who are counsellors all the time and maybe have retirement income that supports, because you don't earn a lot of money as a counsellor. Um really able to do that I think is a really it was a real gift and I really appreciated it every single day um, and that was my favorite thing to do um, and I would love to be able to do that now I'd love to be able to go in and, and enjoy my lunch break for example and take my take my work with me and one of the things I did which was not me being in denial but it was just something that I quite liked was I enjoyed having the the council iPad um, at home so when I left office obviously I had a I had a job so I was able to afford it I bought myself a um, a keyboard, th an iPad with a keyboard thing, the same as what the the council arrangement was, and I was able to um use the machine. Obviously, not as a counselor, like I wasn't pretending to be a counselor, but yeah, just sort of kept the bits that I liked. Um, so I still enjoy watching the meetings, for example, the planning meetings and the council meetings, and but the tribal politics, I feel like I've moved a little bit away from. You know, I see the other side of the coin on things. Uh, the group would obviously be very different. The problem with going back, if I ever did, would be that people have come in after me and have got established and you go right to the back of the queue. And 
I think it would be a difficult thing to feel like I was regressing. I'd gone back to the start, you know, I'd have people meeting me and not realising I'd done it before and be like, can I show you around? And I don't know, it would just feel a little bit weird. I'm, I'm not arrogant to say that I'm like too good for that or anything, but, you know, it would just feel like I'd gone back to the start. Um, and I spent my life seemingly being left at the beginning. And I, I feel like that in certain things I do. And I just would like something sometime where someone says, you know what, you're, you should be near the top. And there's nothing that I do really that, that I'm like that really. And I could talk about status. It's one of my planned podcasts, but you've, you've got to feel like you're worth worthwhile. And I'm not sure that would be the best step for me at this point. Um, but I still, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I'm not bitter. That's one thing that I'm not. Um, a bit of a disappointment was to me when I stood down, or well, I didn't stand down, but when, when, I, when I got beat, was that a lot of colleagues that I thought were closer, and I, and I do have a, a tendency to over-evaluate or over-value professional relationships to the point where I think that we're friends when we're not, and I get over-warm. It's one of my flaws. Um, that I expected a few of them to get in touch. I get why they didn't, because in some ways the group is is who wins, and the people who don't win, you say, oh, I'm really sorry. And then out of sight, out of mind, what you don't want to as a, a winning counsellor to be around people who are who are moping about losing or, or sort of you're kind of thinking, oh, God, you know, I don't want to talk about being there because they lost or, or whatever. It can feel a little bit a little bit awkward. Um, and I get that. The reality was I was always quite happy to sit and I still am quite happy to sit and listen to stories about what's going on there. And, you know, but I get why... In that, in their position, I might feel a little bit awkward if the roles were, were reversed, or maybe wanting to talk about something else because I feel like oh, it might be a bit difficult for them. So I do get it, but I, there was quite a lot of people who I expected to get a little message from that were either too distant or too self-absorbed in what they were doing to write me just a short little note saying, "Oh, you know, I'm really sorry that you lost," and that's all they had to do. I wasn't going to spend like weeks exchanging long messages about how terrible I felt and how horrible it was you know I just would have been like thanks very much and I heard from a couple of people um not from who I expected uh, there was one or two people who got in touch after I'd mentioned to someone or you know I expected a message from x and then suddenly that message would arrive um but overall I understand why people sort of moved on if you like um and I had as well you know I focused on my job and it was a new start and I didn't even go to the count because it was during COVID-19. I thought, I'm not putting myself at risk to go there and see, you know, people whooping around when when I lose. I'll just find out if I've won, if I have, great, if I haven't, fine. And I found out and I was in the middle of a meeting. And what's really weird, and I can say this with my hand on my heart, you guys know I wouldn't lie to you. For the ones who listen, you know that I'll always be honest. And I literally felt nothing. And that really surprised me and it confused me, actually. And I thought, you know, I feel... I got a text from the, the other lass who stood, Jane, and she said, we've lost. Both of us have lost. And I was like, ooh. And I looked at the text. I was in the middle of a meeting, and, and I didn't feel anything. There was no sadness. I think I'd totally prepared myself. I think that's what it was. But there's only very occasionally do I think to myself, I'd like to be involved. And the bits that I miss is being involved in that community, and I've mentioned how it's kind of superficial because when I remove myself from that by, by losing my seat, uh, obviously I, I'm not claiming that I designed it that way, of course. I, I wanted to win um, and I'm not going to you know patronise anyone or myself by saying that I'm glad that I lost or anything or it's worked out for the best because I wanted to win. Um, <laughs> so I've never been happy about losing. I just accepted it 
and and moved on. Um, but there are times when I think the the time I remember when there was a there was a leadership challenge. There was an internal challenge to the leader. He, he just about managed to win, not by much. Um, but it was an, there was I found out there was an internal challenge happening, and that was the one time where I thought, oh, you know, I would really like to still be there. That would be really cool <laughs> to still be there, and that was the one time that I really like that kind of just pure internal politics was fun, and that's what I think that is is fun about it that you're in this big group, there's lots of people around. I've definitely been more isolated, and that's nobody's fault. That's just the fact that I went from being part of this big group, being able to just if I'm like during the day just drive down to county hall, and even if I didn't talk to anyone, there was always somebody there. You know, there was there was just people around. Whereas now I'm at home, I can't go in there, obviously. Um, I didn't feel it was right, for example, to become a, a group observer. I wasn't really interested in that way. You're just sitting there, you just you feel like a spare part, you are a spare part. Nobody's you know, it's you're not part of it really. It's to me it was second or third prize, you know, I didn't fancy it at all. And whether or not I could, you know, really afford the time, you know, I had to focus fully on uh, I use the word very sparingly, but my career, you know, make sure that I put my effort into my job because you've got to earn a living at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, overall, I think it was a good experience. That I didn't find being a councillor hard. I, I didn't mind the residents talking to me about issues. I found the nastiness quite hard. People are just inherently a bit touchy when it comes to politics and politicians. I've never identified myself as a politician because I think that word typifies or points towards some sort of game playing and I always try to be as straight as I could but what I found was that even if you try and be a straight shooter people don't think you are anyway because just by definition that you are in their eyes quote-unquote a politician that you are one of them and them being bad and and it was very difficult to bridge that no matter what you did people thought you're you know you're a politician in the worst form of that word so you kind of got tarred with the brush even when he didn't deserve it and you could do as much as you like to be better or to for them to think you're better and it didn't didn't matter you know you you were bad I remember shortly after I got elected somebody knocked on my door lived in the next village and it was a place I represented they were they were a bit hard work this street I don't know whether this guy's still alive but he he turned up at the door he was this old fella and he was obviously thought a bit of himself he had his little skinny shorts on and his sunglasses and he he said to me, are you Councillor Clark? And he said it just like that. And I remember thinking to myself, you cheeky devil. And I, and I went, I am, but not in that tone. And, and he sort of, oh, uh, but it was just that real like condescendence, almost mocking the fact that I was a councillor. And I was just like, wow, that's, you've never met me before. You haven't even, I haven't even done anything that would warrant that nastiness. And yet here you are at my door. I mean, that's quite rare, so it takes a certain type of arrogance for someone to do that. And he was a real idiot as well. I mean, let's not beat around the bush here. You know, and this is one thing politicians don't do enough is call out the clown's mind. But this guy was a particular character, let's say, to be nice to him. Um, not sure if he's even still alive. He must be one well in his 70s if he is. But, you know, yeah, turned up and was pretty rude to me at the door, at my own doorstep. And I thought, wow, is this what I'm going to expect? Thankfully, it wasn't that bad. I wasn't someone who you know, push myself on every, you know, pick photo photograph in the community. And I probably didn't do that bit well enough. I was quite happy just to be, you know, there if people needed me. You know, you have to be going round the doors these days and, and I'm not really going to do that. And that's probably why I'm not going to restand because I think that 
councillors who who these days want to represent their community have really got to challenge that you know difficult part and just go around the doors and i'll give one lad credit who's a different party and he's down in the next village um i talked about the next village for that guy who came to me i'm on about the next ward <laughs> the main village where my parents live um <clears throat> he's out on the doors all the time and i'm sure he has lots of difficult conversations that i never had to have because i didn't smash the doors down that often uh but i still in, i'm still interested in politics obviously I, I get me political fix by working at work i've experienced a lot of different things i'm not sure that i get the credit for my experience the people realize what i've done or what i know i'm not great at verbalizing it i'm not as polished as some of my colleagues who are a lot, a lot younger than me and haven't got the experience that i've got but they're a lot better at the they're a lot more confident and polished than i am and, and that's maybe where i fall down um my lack of self-confidence can easily mask the fact that i do know what i'm talking about um but you you know getting people to back me in that respect is i'm not as effective as i should be you know being a being a former political um i should be better at that type of navigation of things um but i'm not actually very good at it i'm an old-fashioned romant romantic where i think that people should notice your efforts and you shouldn't have to you know hard sell them but that's not the world we live in it seems certainly not the industry i work in um so the the big question is you know would i recommend a political career i think i probably would you know i think it's a really cool experience and i think most people who try it would probably quite enjoy it if you have any sort of enjoyment of being the person um i think you'd probably like it and i think it's a really interesting infuriating as well but i think a really interesting experience and i wouldn't take it back i loved it you know that i love being in the committees i love the formality of it i love the somewhat archaic procedures you know i had a certain there's a certain romance to it all um i enjoyed being there it probably was a little bit of a a move away from what i would call reality <laughs> that was a, it allowed me to experience maybe what retirement would be like before I, uh, if i'm ever fortunate enough to become retired what i could maybe look forward to and i got to experience it at a great age as well so i really really enjoyed it and uh you know it was sad to leave it behind but I'm I'm quite very pragmatic. I just thought, right, time to set new goals. And I've enjoyed the next phase as well. So I can't say I've been miserable since I lost. Absolutely not. I do get the occasional pang to return, but that's quite rare. And I, I think at the minute, I would probably say that I'm not planning on doing, like I say, that, that bit that I don't like um, to get back in. And do I want to get back in and be back at the start at sort of mid-40s? Because I think the election will be a year next May, so I will be 40, oh God, when is it, 44 when I get back in? So, yeah, that's, yeah, there'd be something to think about there as to, as to what I'd, what my career plans would be if I did that. Um, But we'll see. I'm not ruling it out. Uh, but at the same time, there's a lot of changes coming, new boundaries. If I had to put my head on the chop block right now, I'd say I probably wouldn't stand. But I'm not ruling myself out either. Um, but I'd say I'm 80% certain that I'm not going to do it. Uh, but a great memories. And I, like I say, I'd recommend it. And it teaches you a lot. And it's a, it's another thing to do, you know, in terms of... I set myself a goal to become a politician when I was a lot younger. And it took us nine years to do it, but I did it. I stuck at it and I achieved it. And I want to take that trait that tenacity of coming back from a failure. I lost in 2013, I was devastated. And I got myself to a place in 2017 where actually if I'd have lost, I had stuff to do and I'd have been all right. Um, and then I had, 
you know, lots of lots of stuff going on. And I got in 2021, I found myself a job before I lost it because that was my only income. Um, so I've done some good stuff and I'm proud of myself uh, and I need to be a lot more proud of myself on different things. So I hope that was interesting. I appreciate it's a long, a long podcast, um, bit of a ramble maybe. And I don't want to do too many of these autobiographical ones, but the good news for you is I've only got one story and that's it. So um, there's only one timeline. Uh, I could talk about my full-time jobs, but you wouldn't find those fun. Uh, there's a lot of anecdotes I could tell you about working for an MP. I barely touched on that in this. It was more of just a, a journey, but I had seven years working for an MP, which was an amazing experience. And again, I don't think I get the credit for that in, in terms of what I know from from what I do now. Um so I hope you all enjoyed that. Thank you so much for listening. I have a lot of podcasts that myself and ChatGPT uh, put together. They've got some titles, so you should hopefully get regular scheduled programming from now on, and we'll keep those coming. And there'll be, of course, be different topics. And if you have any ideas, you can email me at malcolm.clark. That's Clark with an E. Note the spelling of Malcolm is weird. has a sound L in it. Malcolm.clark at yahoo.co.uk uh, if you have any suggestions that you'd like me to talk about or ideas. And I will see you guys on the next podcast and I look forward to recording it very soon. Um, and of course, anyone wants to get in touch with me can do so via there or via Twitter, which is now called X. That's a bit weird. Um, I think Elon Musk has done a bit of a masterclass in how to lose billions of pounds uh, after buying Twitter for his 44 bill. I don't know what he'd sell it for now, but it wouldn't be 44 bill. Uh, it would be a lot less than that, maybe even half, uh, maybe even less than that. So cool. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening in and I'll catch you next time. <laughs>